This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Come for the craft beer, bourbon, whiskey, and great drinks. Stay for the conversations. Here's your host, Jonathan Green. Welcome into another edition of the Bar Conversations, and we close out May, kick off summer, however you want to look at it, with a very fun episode. Uh, we talk with a, a guy that I just enjoy. He's back for his second time uh, on the Bar Conversations in a country uh, music artist, chart-topping country music artist, Kentucky native Dustin Collins. And our tasting notes, we round out uh, this month with Mikey, a.k.a. 911 Bourbon, talking about how you protect your photos, uh, good ways to avoid those becoming part of scams. And uh, just so you know, our tasting notes going forward throughout the summer, we're doing a little 101-style classes. We'll be talking spirits, cocktails, beer, whiskey, all the above. It's a lot of fun. It starts with our next episode in tasting notes. Uh, But let's not waste any more time and uh, get into the show. It's almost time. Where where, Where did I put those? Here they are. <laughs> it's time for Tasting Notes. Joining us once again for a Tasting Notes is at 911Bourbon on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, better known as Mikey. Mikey, welcome back. Hey, I appreciate you having me here once again, my Well, I, I appreciate what you've been able to, to pass along when, when we're having these chats because, you know, I talk cocktails, bourbon, beer, all those things, but nowadays you kind of got to watch out for for folks that are after your hard-earned dollars, and, that, and that's kind of where you come in and provide just that little bit of, of knowledge on what people can do to, you know, avoid mistakes and, and some pitfalls. And, you know, we were talking about how to spot a scam last time, what to watch for, things like that. Maybe just take your time. But I feel like at the end of the day, there's some other things we can do um, or should be doing to, to protect some of the stuff we have. You know, people go out and get, get all these cool bottles and, and so forth and, and love to share that out there with folks. But I feel like that can be a dangerous thing and give That's, some scammers a, a, an easy spot to get some good photos. Sure. Yeah. Um, so everyone, you know, you want to post that unicorn bottle. You're proud of it. You, you search for it. Can't wait to get it up on the Instagram. We might even crotch shot that. Effort, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, Take your time. Um, one of the cool things that I've started to uh, learn and try to do myself is watermarking. Um, and so essentially, like, most everyone has, like, their own little logo, if you will, for their bourbon-dedicated page. Uh, but even if you don't have one, you can do uh, something that's, like, even just putting your handle on it, right? Uh, so I use this app called Canva. Um, and essentially, uh, you can go on there, upload your picture, and then, like, you can, like, put your text in on the photo and then download it. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's a good thing to share across the board, especially for everyone with bigger accounts, right. Is to at least upload your, your logo into like the center of the picture somewhere where it's hard to crop out. Uh, but you know, you still got the, the bottom, right. Um, uh, that way gamers are going to be like, oh, well, I can't do that because, you know, hot spirits got their, their picture right here. So, you know, here we are, um, or, you know, just putting your handle on there, like, you know, just right underneath the, the top of, like, the the pot, the cork there, right? Um, so those are just a couple of good things that you could do to protect your photos, uh, especially when being someone. Well, I was going to say, it's not that difficult either to use something like Canva or similar things. It's really not taking a whole lot of time, is it? Not at all. Not at all. Uh, it takes maybe about 30 minutes. And then, you know, the big thing, too, is when you're coming across these or you're getting these DMs and you're in your accounts and so forth is at the end of the day, yes, you need to ignore them, but it's probably better to actually report them. Correct. And, and how does that work? Absolutely. Uh, so Instagram, uh, 
we'll, we'll just talk Instagram specifically. Uh, so they have multiple ways that you can report. Uh, so if someone's hitting you up in the DM, uh, you can actually hold down that message and uh, the little bubbles will come up and you can say report there. Uh, they've got so many different ways that you can report this thing, like or different uh, subsections for the report. Um, but most of the time you can do like, you know, it's scammy, uh, spam, uh, it's pretending to be a business, things of that nature. Um, and then essentially, like if you were to go on their profile, uh, if you hit those three little magical buttons on the top, right, um, it'll be like report this account. Uh, and then they'll have all those features again to where you can select, you know, which one's appropriate. Uh, you know, sometimes there'll be like, you know, they're, they're selling alcohol. Sometimes they're not. Instagram kind of flexes between when they they do that uh but i just always like to put like you know they're selling drugs or something <laughs> <laughs> uh but then also like if it's like a uh if they're stealing something from a verified content user uh you can actually put like they're pretending to be someone else and then uh you can find that actual uh, person on there and then Instagram takes that a little more seriously so that's able to, you know we're, we're able to get those accounts pulled down a little faster a little bit faster that way now, I was going to say, I mean, when, when folks go to your account, too, they can kind of see some of these people that, that have done that. And in a sense, too, it's also good to have multiple people report those accounts, right? One is great, but more obviously kind of rings the alarm, so to speak, at, at Instagram or, or one of the social media accounts. Absolutely. Um, so anytime that, you know, we get an account pulled down, always put, you know, when you report, we see results, right? I can only report it once or twice if I'm lucky before they actually block me or <laughs> by the time I'm actually posting this account, because I like to cheese them off a little bit, right? Like I like to tag that scammer and be like, I got you. Here's the info I got. And then they'll block <laughs> me. Um, but there, I, I have a one secret guy uh, who <laughs> he ends up getting more accounts pulled down than I do. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I love it. I'm just like, man, thank you for doing what you do. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah, it, it takes, it takes all of us, you know, to keep the community safe. So if there's something that you see from either my account, bourbon scammers, bourbon police, uh, they're great resources to, um, you know, just go ahead and hit that report and block and that way these people are not interacting with your and, and not scamming, uh, people out of their hard earned dollars or, or worse and, and getting into some of their accounts and, and taking those over. And, and Mikey, I appreciate it. As always, you can find him at nine one one bourbon on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok Now, Mikey, thanks again. <laughs> Absolutely, brother. I appreciate it. Cheers, my man. Remember to check out hops and spirits on social media at hop spirits, all one word on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find hops and spirits on YouTube and at hops spirits joining us here on the bar conversations and technically he might not remember this but technically it's his second time on the show it's been like two years we got chart topping country artists in kentucky native dustin collins dustin welcome back uh yep thank you man i, I do remember it was uh it's uh I think uh, I like to drink or uh, there's a couple singles. Yeah, there. just just a few, just a few. I think it was like November 2020 or, or yeah, maybe 2020, like a long, long, long time ago. It feels like now. It was lo locked down still. <laughs> so, well, I appreciate you coming back on. I always like to ask this. Um, I'm drinking a little out of a uh, limestone branch, a little Yellowstone family recipe. You got anything good in your glass tonight? Yeah, man. Uh, we're uh, rocking some... Uh, Maker's Mark, out of the uh, blasted pickle jar. I like it. 
It's my oh, good. Uh, it's my highball glass. <laughs> hey, doesn't matter how you drink it, just as long as you drink it and it's good. <laughs> well, I, I like a little more open mouth there. <laughs> now you you grew up. You know, I know you were born. You're born in Georgia, right? And then moved to Kentucky, correct? Yes, sir. So you growing up in Bardstown? I'm guessing you're a bourbon man. I mean, is that absolutely? Do you have a favorite bourbon all the way, man? Um, Makers is my favorite. I I get with the Woodford Reserve. Uh, there's a new distillery that just opened up uh, down the road from me, uh, where I'm from in Kentucky, called Log Steel Distillery, mm-hmm. and uh, they're doing some pretty cool stuff over there too. Um, they uh, actually just did a big amphitheater out there, really involved in the local music scene, and um, uh, I got some pretty good bourbon and and their. Um, gin that they've been putting out is I've, I've never even liked gin before but <laughs> i gave it a shot and it's pretty good nice nice I, it's good to see the dant family making doing some good things and uh also i, I love the fact that they put out the, the amphitheater out there um and, and are able to actually have some some artists so you i'm guessing you played there recently then uh we we did a show with clay walker back um last year and um actually doing our first headlining show out there with a thing called Yake Fest coming up in uh, July. Big fireworks show. It's cool. It's really cool because, um, you know, New Haven um, is a pretty small town, and we wouldn't get, like, a big fireworks display like some of the bigger towns would get. And, and uh, Wally and all them are, you know, really taking care of our community, and I think it's really cool that they're doing that. And on top of making good bourbon and bringing uh, big concerts to town. Well, that, that's awesome to hear, and I, I love that. And I, I know you're you're also an outdoors guy. I mean, just growing up where where he did, I think that's second nature. What what is it about being out there and, and being outdoors that you love? Peacefulness, man. Uh, you know, uh, mu- music and and staying out on the road and grinding in the studio, and then you know, I spend about eighty percent of my time in Nashville these days. So it's back and forth and back and forth but every moment i get to come back home and and get out on this river and and you know sometimes i might not even be fishing or hunting just just take the boat out and just float down that river you know it it takes me home and and puts my mind at ease and i think it's a big part of my songwriting process is just to empty everything out and and get back home i was gonna say i mean you even thought about that as a career before music kind of became front and center right well, that's uh, I did a, a small stint in the military, and then when I got out, I thought, you know, you know, you think you're going to do all these big things. You're like, okay, I'm out of the military now. I'm going to do this or that. And uh, I, I was like, man, I'd like to be a fish and wildlife officer. And I thought that'd be the coolest job in the world. And uh, I just got drawn to Nashville, and and, and it was it was over after after I got that uh, first publishing deal down there, and and really got into it. I was like, how how do you go back? to everyday normal I, I guess what i would call normal <laughs> life after you get sucked into the music machine there's just there's no going back after you you figure out that you love writing songs and you love being out there on the road and a- after that i was like man this is what i'm gonna do for the rest of my life well and in a worst case scenario that was a decent fallback option right yeah <laughs> uh, huh uh, I don't. I, I don't think I ever even second guessed a, a fallback option after the the first little tour of Nashville we did. I was. I was <laughs> you were really hooked. well you hooked. Were hooked. On it. <laughs> Man, uh, there's nothing like getting out and and playing your songs for people and 
than having people come up and say, hey, man, I, I love your song. That's the best thing in the world to me. Well, and I, I know, too, you know, before we get into a little bit more of the music, you know, I, I noticed we, even the interview, you're kind of on the back porch grilling. I, I'm guessing you're a little bit of a, a foodie. I've seen a lot of food posts, whether that's from your days hunting or just wherever you're getting to go. Uh, what, you any good at the grilling kitchen? Oh yeah, man. That's uh, I, I'm a I'm a grilling and and frying kind of guy. I've uh I've been on a diet due to my uh <laughs> my uh COVID nineteen protocol um uh, culinary skills. <laughs> I guess <laughs> if, if that's what you're gonna call it. Um, yeah, I've I've probably cooked every recipe that's ever come on um facebook or snapchat or any anybody that sent me any kind of recipe through anything i'm like yeah i'm gonna cook that and uh, i just got real into it and then uh I, of course wild game stuff uh that's that's where my heart is i love i love hunting and then uh, i'm a big follower of steve ranilla and uh of course rogan so I, i'm always all the time watching these guys go hunting and cook and clean and 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 fix what they went out and hunted. And, uh, I, I think that's, that's the best part of it is, you know, you get to go out and, and do the hunting and the fishing, but when you get to come home, you get to share it with your family and your friends and say, Hey, this is what I got. And, um, you know, fry it up in some different way that you're not used to having it, or e- even a old traditional recipe, like squirrel and gravy. My grandma used to cook, you know, that's, <laughs> um, that's the big, big thing in it for me. That, that, that is awesome to hear because I, I have no abilities like that. I, I joke. My, my wife's nearby. She'll laugh at me at this one. But I, in college and right out of college, I had a recipe for scrambled eggs. I've come a long way, but but I was that bad in the kitchen. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know. I've recently got on this TikTok deal where, <laughs> where uh, like Gordon Ramsay's on there and these guys make scrambled eggs. And I'm like, he would yell at me <laughs> if he seen my <laughs> if he seen my scrambled eggs. He would tear me up. He'd be like, but "Why you are know, you putting the bacon in the scrambled eggs?" I'm like, "Okay, I'm fat. Shut up, it's Gordon. delicious. What's wrong with that? There's nothing it's, wrong with it's that. It's delicious, exactly. <laughs> you, you know, obviously you got talent. It sounds like you got talent in the kitchen. I, I've I've loved your music. I've I've enjoyed it. How did you get into music? Because clearly you love the outdoors. You were in the army. You know, you've done a lot of different things in a sense. How did you? you know, music come about for you? I mean, my, my dad, uh, played guitar my whole life. My uncle played guitar and wrote songs. They had a band back in the day and they, they toured around and played. And, uh, my mom sings and my grandfather sang and played guitar. And, um, it was just something we always did. You know, we, we not, not to say that we were super not well off or, or, or poor folks, but, you know, we, we didn't get to go on a lot of vacations or go a lot of places. So everybody came over to our house and there'd always be some, uh, bush lights put down and, uh, you know, campfires and, and we, they'd play guitar. My, my parents would play guitar. They'd have other guitar pickers come over to the house. And that was our Friday night in, you know, whenever I was a kid, that's, you know, we were at home, they had kids and you didn't get to go anywhere. So, so we were out in the backyard, they'd have a fire and they'd be out there picking guitars and, um, uh, drinking hops and spirits <laughs> <laughs> the good stuff the good stuff absolutely i mean you know w- when you think about that i mean did you ever think that that was the way you would go or or kind of what what how did that process go for you 
Well, was my my dad was always he was always like the guitar ain't gonna make you no money, you know. He said the guitar, <laughs> you know, he was get a job, get a college education, get all this stuff, do all these things. So it was it's never in my mind that that was an actual job until I got out of the house and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna load my old truck up and go down to Nashville see what this is about. And and my uh, God, we got down there and you know a few people liked some of the songs we were doing and now we're here. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's got to be a crazy ride. I mean, you know, you talk about growing up around the campfire and, and you know, being part of a kind of a musical family. I mean, what, what music did you grow up on? I mean, or, or who kind of influenced you over the years? Man, uh, just Waylon, Vern Gosden. Um, I, I got into uh, a lot of Hank Jr. Um, and then growing up into my high school years, I was, I was like hardcore into Matchbox 20. I loved... Uh, John Resnick from the Goo Goo Dolls. I loved all the, that acoustic kind of rock that was almost country anyways. And, you know, apart from my, my metalhead stuff where I like Tesla and, <laughs> and Motley Crue and, and a bunch of that stuff and Metallica. Because uh, any guitar player, you know, you, you love that kind yeah. of stuff. So, But whenever I got into my years that where I was trying to write songs and trying to do you know, something a little more musical myself is where when I really got into, um, man, David Lee Murphy and Tracy Lawrence, probably the biggest influences in my whole life about the way I write songs and the way I want to do my music. I was going to say, I, I enjoyed the uh, If Matchbox 20 was from Kentucky uh, TikTok, I think it was, or Instagram video. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we did, yeah, did that today. That was... Uh, Little Matchbox Twenty, little hillbilly in there. That's it's it's the best I could do it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, you know, nowadays I feel like you have to be we on social media. Deer in there. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, it was great. It, I, I enjoyed that. I mean, with, with stuff like a, as crazy as it is nowadays, I mean, with TikTok and social media and and uh, all that, what, what's that like trying to keep up with with things like that and interact with folks? Man, I, I remember uh, when we first started doing this stuff. I mean, Facebook was was young, and we were we were out playing, so it, it was still a lot of call your buddies on the phone and try to get them to come out to, to shows and stuff. And now it's, uh, man, you got to keep up like TikTok. I mean, you know, I'm I'm getting a little older now, and 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 thank God we have children around to to, to tell us how to do TikTok and. And and your nieces, your nephews, your cousins, the, the younger ones are like, hey, uh, stop doing these dumb TikTok things because that's not how you do it. And you're like, okay. Uh, and, and you got to figure it out. But I feel like we're always, it's constantly trying to learn some kind of new social media trick in the music business to try to get the music out there and, and, and try to get it. Pardon my hillbilly neighbors. They, they get a little loud. Uh, but it's I, it's I'm, constantly uh, something new that you ha you're having to learn and having to deal with with the constant changing, especially with streaming and all these all these things that are out there now. I mean, do do you have fun when you make like the the video like Matchbox Twenty, you know, if from Kentucky things like that? Is that a lot of fun for you? I absolutely love getting to do like if I do these cover songs or or I do a song like that that put my twist on it. It's always my favorite. Um, I love playing my own music, but getting to play like Matchbox and stuff, th these are songs I've played my whole life. And I was like, you know, I love getting to play them uh, and put a different spin that somebody else might not, you know, and, and some of the kids on TikTok, you're doing a TikTok thing. 
you know, these might be 14, 15 year old kids following you. They've never even heard of Matchbox 20. So, you know, and, and I think it's cool that maybe exposes some of the music I liked growing up to, to newer generations. I think it's really neat. Well, I mean, you know, when you think of, of the impact of things, I mean, how much big of an impact did kind of Kentucky and just how your life went in general have on you and your music? I mean, that's all, that's, that's, that's everything to my music. I mean, uh, I'm a literal writer, uh, as far as my songwriting goes, I, I, I write from real life experience, what, what's happened to me or, or people close to me. And I have a hard time just kind of writing songs about nothing I don't know about. Like, so if we're, if we're like, okay, I, we're going to write this love song today and I'm, I'm just not in a lovey mood. There's no love song coming out, man. <laughs> If I come in there with that guitar and I'm in a bad mood, we're writing something. We're writing something horrible, you know. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna write an awful song or, or something, something that's sad. Or, or, but if you if I try to get forced into a corner about writing something I, I can't write about, I'm a kind of a real life in the moment. And the more time I spend in Kentucky, I feel like the better music I actually get to make because I I heard Tyler Childers say this where you know it's it's really hard to. And not not saying anybody that in that's in Nashville doesn't write great music, but just for me personally, that if I'm not in the country, I have trouble writing a country song. So if I can't be where I grew up and where I'm at, and and I draw off the inspiration from the people I'm around, the people I grew up with, and those are what my songs are about. So it's easier for me if I'm here to write those songs or write them and then take them to Nashville and get some of these really great writers to, to sit down and say, okay, I've got this idea or this idea, then we can come in and work together and make it something. But if I don't get to spend enough time at home, I just, I get really uninspired. Well, I, I, I was talking to uh, Dane Lewis a couple episodes ago and he had something funny. Cause you know, you mentioned you growing up in a small town. I love Dane. Like to, I was going to say, and you like to write about, you know, pretty personal stuff. I asked him, I was like, how's that? He goes, well, when you write about a breakup, they kind of know who you're writing about. What's that like? <laughs> oh, I mean, that's exactly right. I, by the way, you said Dane, man. I, I met I met this kid at CRS. We had a ball out there. Uh, Iowa kid. <laughs> uh, yep, yep. Smart country boy that that's doing some cool things. Shout out, Dane. If but you we hear would... this, I'm talking about you, bud. <laughs> I mean, like when you're writing like stuff like that, is it weird to think that someone that literally probably knows the story that you know is hearing it? Well, I'm not gonna call it out by name on my record because it's not out yet. But there's a couple songs on there that are deliberately about some people, and they're absolutely <laughs> gonna know it's about them because I mean, it's it, it's it. I, I got a little more personal on this record than I ever have before. And some of the songs I I kind of come back was like, damn. <laughs> that was a little rough i had to dial it back a little bit and um but it is weird to know that they're probably or possibly going to hear this song especially in the social media circles because you know so especially if you broke up with somebody you've always got those people <laughs> and you're sharing it on socials you didn't quite get rid of all <laughs> all of the friends during the breakup and you know somebody's gonna be like hey did you hear this song did you hear this song and then you know you always risk getting a really crappy message or a bad email but you know life is life and i'm gonna write what i'm gonna write and um 
if it hurts your feelings, I mean, maybe you ought to look at yourself a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, also too, I feel like you know that's relatable, right? Like it, you're writing literally something that happened to you, and you know someone else has had that same thing probably happen, or or, or that same thing in their life. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I I think that too. It's just sometimes like um, you get into real personal songs, and I try not like I write a bunch of songs, and um, they're overly personal, and I'm like comes to time to record or, or maybe we leave that one out but there was a couple of them that i put some humor into they were they were funnier songs you know kind of make you laugh and, and you know i got buddies are like if you don't record this i'm not buying your record <laughs> okay okay if my best buddy said he's not gonna buy my record because i won't record this we gotta go take it to the studio Oh, that that I love I love that. I mean, and you talk about performing and, and getting out. I mean, you're basically a ro- road warrior. I know you know COVID times was tough. I mean, you, but you still found ways to to interact best you could. I mean, what's it like being back out on the road and and just touring and getting to do all that? Man, it's I don't know, man. It's it's just right now. It's the best thing in the world for me to finally feel like I'm back at my job and back doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, uh, we've done some runs, uh, so far been up to Iowa and had a blast up there playing out there, going, heading out to Colorado in a couple, uh, a week. We'll be out in Colorado in a week and, um, uh, you know, hitting as many dates as we can. It, it just makes me feel happy that everybody else is able to come out and be back in the place, you know, be back like, like it used to be. And we're not all sitting there with masks. 15 foot apart from everybody because they said six foot but everybody was standing like you had to like high five from like 18 (laughs) feet back and stuff and i was like man this you know some even when the bars came open it was like man and the clubs were open it was was just not almost not worth going to do the gig because it was so impersonal and uh now now to see everybody just coming back and and getting together and everybody singing the songs together that's what we do this for you know when everybody's together and everybody's having a good time and i i'm just glad that we're all back to it i was gonna say the atmosphere makes a a, a big difference I, I feel like when you're you're out and about because it's, it's kind of hard if, if no one's into it or there's got to be they feel like they got to be on their best behavior i don't feel like it's as good a time yeah absolutely and i like i i'm not one to like if I have to go to a concert and I have to wear a mask and then pull my mask down, take a sip of my drink, put my mask back up, sit at a table, can't move, can't go anywhere. That's, that is, I'd rather just sit home, you know? And I think a lot of people got back into that kind of, I'm sitting at home and I'm not going to do anything kind of deal. And, uh, I think that now that the concerts come back, that's why we're seeing the festivals come back to life. That's why we're seeing, Everything we're seeing come back to normal, and and I'm I'm as ready as probably every other musician in Nashville or anywhere else to just get back out there and and uh you know throw the guitars out and melt faces. Well, I was gonna say I'm, I'm sure one of the songs that that always is is uh, asked for and 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 this hope that you're gonna play and is played is Cold Dead Hands. You know, can you talk about that song and kind of what it did for you? Yeah, man, that was a. Um, and it's not really a super overly political song. Uh, There's a lot of, of magazines and whatnot made it out to be, but it was just more of, of how I feel about a certain subject. And uh, I think when we released it, 
I think a lot of people felt the same way I did about it. And um, it kind of catapulted us out of where we were playing uh, like small hundred seat clubs in, in central Kentucky to putting us out with Aaron Watson and putting us out on the, the main stage, national press, getting out and, and going and, and actually giving me a chance to have a career in music. And um, I'll always love that song because of it and we'll always play it at the end of every show. <laughs> That'll never change. Plus, no, it's got that. It's got a good D chord structure, which is really good for rocking out. So we all love it. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a fan favorite and a band favorite because we, uh, we love to play it. Well, I mean, I, I, I love that too. Where you know, like I said, that's a, a relatable thing. You, you hit a song that people just could easily relate to, and you know, your your new single, "Working Man." Um, you know, how, you talk a little bit about that and, and just how it came together. Cause I find it funny that it wasn't what you, you were expecting, right? Like you weren't expecting that to be an album. Not cut, at so all, man. Uh, I, my buddy, uh, I was actually on another podcast. My, my, my friend, uh, Brent, uh, ran a podcast, um, for a while for, for a company that is a big agricultural company. And, um, it was coming up with podcast ideas and he was like, man, I need a theme song for this podcast. And he was, he called me, he said, uh, can you write a song about tractors and farms? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> I was like, just so happens. I know quite a bit about tractors and farms. So, uh, I wrote the song for him and it came out like way quicker than I thought it would. It, it just came out of me. And I was like, man, this is kind of a killer song. So we got it recorded and said to him, they used it for the podcast for a couple of years. And, uh, he since moved on from that podcast and he, he kind of, I, I asked him, I said, do you care if we release this as a song on a record? He was like, no, man, let's do this. So uh, it was weird when we released it. Uh, it's right now it's kind of the, the prep season where everybody's planting and, and spraying and stuff. So I've got like a, extra, a whole bunch of extra social media content just sitting on my porch because all the sprayers <laughs> and tractors driving by my house. <laughs> I was like, man, this is free stuff right here. I just got my iPhone out here just recording these and, and throwing them up on Instagram. I'm like, this this is the town I'm from, and and this this is what we do around here. Yeah, so I was gonna say it wasn't hard to to dig deep on the experiences for that. No, one. man, that, that was uh that was one of the easier straight to the heart kind of songs that just came out. I mean, is, is it weird to to release it after you know so long and and it kind of be for for something else? I mean, or is that just one of those things where you're like it worked out and it's it just is is what it is? Well, that's, that's what I say though, because we kind of threw it out there whenever we did it in the podcast, just in case somebody from the podcast liked the song, they want to download it. We never did a full release with it, and um, uh, got talking to my team at the record. They was like, "You got to you got to put this on there," and I admit, they could tell I had never even thought about it. I was like, "Really." <laughs> we went back to the studio and uh, reworked it a little bit. I was like, okay, let's uh, let's throw this thing out there. And uh, we started getting, uh, started hearing it on the local radios first before they, they started playing it on the radio. And uh, I mean, it, it got to where I was driving through town and, and I'd hear it almost once an hour because people were calling in and requesting this thing. And I was like, man, it, obviously somebody likes it so it you know as we're going with it it's it's building and building and building and um i wouldn't have thought that that song would have had any longevity because it was a, to me it was like a podcast theme song that i wrote and, and 
it turned out to be uh, something that everybody liked. Well, and, and it's also the name of, of your next album, which is coming out soonish. I guess we can we can say. I mean, what what can folks expect there? Because I, I remember, you know, talking to you, you know, before, uh, you know, you kind of were all over the place with it's been a while, and we we joked, I think, on the podcast that someone would come up for one song and then be like very confused by the next song. I mean, I feel like getting to listen to it a little bit though. It's it's got a little more, I don't know, like a. a a plan. I don't, I don't know. It seems a little more cohesive, I guess. I, don't know. I, I had a little more time to write this one than it, it, it's been a while. <laughs> um, over the pandemic, I, I really thought about what I wanted to do with my record. Like I, I wanted to tell my story as a person and um, there's a lot more love and hate and there's, there's a whole bunch of emotions in this, in this record and they're all tied in with me. And, and I think if you listen to the record front to back and, and, having Buddy Cannon and, and uh, Bill McDermott on the project to help guide the process of the songs, you know, because I, I was writing and writing and writing, and we'd send these songs, well, that don't really fit, well, this fits, or that don't fit. And then uh, the couple of cuts that we got um, from the outside writers that we brought in, um, you know, everything fit together. And I was like, you know, this is a real grown-up big boy album. You know, this this is something that I should be doing. And, and by the time we got done with it, I could listen to the whole album myself. And I'm I'm a horrible critic of my own self. So when I'm listening to this record, I'm like, I feel it and understand it. And then, uh, you know, I got a bunch of hillbilly buddies out here in Kentucky. So I'll let them listen to it. They'll tell me if it's awful. And, uh, you know, when, when you get some of these old boys uh, that, that go to work on hard, you know, they're working me and they, they work hard every day. They tell you you got a good record, you know, you kind of get a little more confidence in releasing it. Where, where they're, you know, where they say, "Well, that song sucked," and then you're like, "Whoa, crap! <laughs> what, what do I do now? I got to go back." And, and we got a great team now, and and you know, those guys help me out on on what we should put on and what we shouldn't put on, and um, just keeping the songwriting flowing in the right direction. I was gonna say, I mean, what's it like working with Buddy and uh, Buddy Cannon and, and Bill McDermott? <laughs> I don't know, man. It's it's what, what's it like to work with astronauts, man? These guys are fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, uh, Buddy is uh, he's the real deal, man. <laughs> you know, it's he's. I don't know. I, I the, the day that I went in the studio and I sat down, I was a. Uh, I guess shock. I don't know if it was shock or we, we start doing this pre-production. I'm like, am I really here right now? Is this guy really telling me what's wrong with my songs and how do we fix this? And how do we go in here and how do we make the best presentation possible? And I'm like, this is incredible. And then Bill's one of the best engineers I've ever met in my life coming in there and um, a great producer in his own right. And I've worked with Bill a long, long time. So he kept, mentored me through the process of doing this record and, and uh it was it was something special for me uh absolutely to my core hit me in a way that i probably won't ever do a record the same way again so it, it's uh really cool well i mean you know i've gotten to listen to a few few of the songs on the album and the one i i love the most is uh Georgia on her mind. I, I just, I'm like, I'm, what, what's it? You talk about kind of being just kind of a different vibe on this album. I mean, what, 
was it just kind of the the time and you grow growing up i mean what 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 was it because i mean like i said there's some really good well, that, that song man um uh, that that was one of the ones uh one of the two that i didn't write on the record and uh my friend from harlan kentucky eldon huff um who's a great songwriter awesome human being and one of the best guitar players you'll ever meet in your life great singer too like eldon if you're listening i ain't trying to cut you short trying to build you up here but uh <laughs> great great musician and uh he had sent me that song years ago and i'm from originally from georgia so I, I thought it was cool there because I spent a lot of summers in Georgia bouncing back and forth from Kentucky and Georgia back and forth. And um, I heard the song and I was just like, man, this is a great country music story. And uh, mm-hmm. not you don't hear a lot of the good story songs anymore. And I was like, man, if I ever do a big, big boy record and we take it out and we go all the way. I said, Eldon, I'm going to cut this. And when we started doing this record, I, I sent it up to everybody. I was like, I love this song, and I've, I've been sitting on it for a long time. I said, can we cut this on the record? They was like, yes, let's do this song on the record. And uh, we got in there, and I put my spin on it, and I think it, it came out really awesome. And uh, I'm real proud of that one, man. Um, I don't do a whole lot of cuts, and if I do do a cut, I want it to be – I want it to do the – you know, the song, the best justice possible. And, and it was a big deal for me, for Eldon, to let me cut that song and let me take it out out to country radio like we're about to do. I was going to say, like I said, I mean, I, the, for, as soon as it, it kind of hit, I was like, this, this is something just so so different. And I, I, I love the storytelling aspect because, like you said, that's kind of lost at times on – on, on things and and you know you talk about kind of having a bigger plan with this one i mean is that just kind of how you, your career's gone too with just kind of getting more into focus on what what you want and what what you feel comfortable putting out? yeah I, that's and i think uh you know taking the advice of the team members that we've accrued over the years because you know there's a lot of smart guys and and and, and there it's just as much as me writing and playing and going on tour you know without the 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 the, the pr guys that the, the the promotions guys, the managers, and without all these guys that, that are helping me, and they're you know they're helping me out of the kindness of their heart. They don't have to work for me. There's ten million people they could go work for. You know, this Nashville's a big town. You you can go work for whoever you want to, and and they get behind the project and get what I'm trying to do. And um, they've helped me put everything together where I can make the best representation of what I'm trying to say as an artist out there to other folks. And, and, you know, sometimes we're going to win, sometimes we're going to lose, but we're always going to play our songs and tell the truth in our writing. Or if I'm cutting something, I'm not going to cut something just because, hey, they say this is a hit or they say this is that or whatever. If I don't completely believe in that song, I'm not going to cut it. I'll, I'll let it pass to somebody else. I want to I want to hear artists personally that, if they're cutting music or they're playing it, I'm. I don't know if you're picking up all. This you're good. I love it. I love it. It's just. It, it. It's just. It's. It's Kentucky. It's. It's. It, it's life on on the porch, yeah. man. We got about six folks out here uh, barbecuing hot dogs on the porch right now, and there's there's people just passing by honking horns. So. Well, I mean, 
you, you know, you, you talk about kind of everything. I mean, you know, what can, you know, like I said, I love that song. I, the songs I've gotten to hear, I love what this album's, you know, looking like. I mean, what can you tell us on the record right now about some new music and, and the album coming out? I can tell you. Uh, that won't we'll get you in trouble. Single. We've just released Working Man, but we'll have a new single in eight to ten weeks going to country radio and we will be hopefully releasing a record somewhere in the fall time period. That's what it's looking like, like right it. now, but uh, you can't hold me to the record release, but that's what we're trying for. So we want to release a couple <laughs> singles and see how it's flowing. If we have to make some adjustments to the album and uh, we'll do that. Uh, and, but if we don't, I mean, I love the album as it is, but uh, we'll get it out and because uh, we're, we're constantly recording and writing. So we're like, if I get a song that I write tomorrow and I want to take it to the studio, I'm going in there and I'm cutting it. So uh, <laughs> we might add a couple more. We might take a couple away. I don't know exactly <laughs> what we're going to do, but my goal is uh, I know we're going to release a couple singles the next couple months. And then uh, hopefully by fall, we'll have the whole record out. I, I love the tease. I leave them always wanting more. Um, you, you know, I know too with the, this album. You know, some some of the proceeds are going to go to um, benefit. Uh, Glad you made it, Camp USA. Why why is that so new? Man, I, as a veteran myself, I I've, I know a lot of folks and and have been around a lot of folks, and and I've always tried to focus my time and attention, especially when people ask me to do benefit concerts and things like that towards veterans. And uh, what I love about those guys is that a hundred percent of the donations are going to the folks, you know, that need it, that they're building villages for disabled veterans that are, um, that can't otherwise pay their bills that are homeless and out on the street. And they're pulling these guys off the street and helping them through their VA paperwork. They're, they're helping them through their life issues, substance abuse counseling, things like that, that they actually need. And, and I'm just a strong believer in, uh, you know, don't talk about it, be about it and, and go out there and, and do what's right. And instead of, you know, taking a bunch of money and, and donating portions of that to the people, go out there and, and do the things for the folks you said you wanted to do. And uh, if I can help anybody get off the street with with whether it's mental illness or substance abuse or whatever, whatever is wrong with them, that they need a little help. If I can help at all, I'm definitely going to be a part of that. Uh, I, I love that. And it's a it's a great thing to, to see. And as I, as I wrap up, DustinCollinsOfficial.com, you can find them on social media as well. And I guess my last question for you is, what else can folks expect from you in, in 2022? Going shows, shows, shows. Road dates, music? new merch, and a brand new album. <laughs> more whi- I mean, that's more all? whiskey out of this uh, blasted uh, pickle jar here. <laughs> I, 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 I love that. I mean, that's exactly what I would expect from, from a guy that I would call a road warrior. When, well, when man, times me and are my girl, uh, joke, uh, we, we used to have a Monday night wine night and, uh, we drink wine, so um, she had a wine glass and I didn't. So uh, I just grabbed this pickle <laughs> jar and I've, I've had this thing for months now. So I I just drink my wine out of the pickle jar. So now it's become like my certified cup around the house. 
you know, we do have we have other cups, but I've taken a liking to this one. So, <laughs> hey, sometimes things just are are what you like. I mean, nothing wrong with that. I mean, it doesn't matter how you drink it as as long as Absolutely, you're enjoying man. it. Man, right? and uh, <laughs> you know, a good glass of bourbon is a especially on a Tuesday night after some hot dogs. It's, it's a pretty good way to end the night. I can't disagree with that. And, and Dustin, this was a, a blast, and I appreciate you uh, taking absolutely, the time. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for having me back on.